Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 334. I am your host, Jordan Biori, and joining me today is simply the wonderful Krista Hoog. Simply, yeah. Just another another slow week, I guess. A lot of the bigger things happening this week. Yeah, so, well, you know, every now and again, it's, it's nice to have a, have, a, have a quiet bro down, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't, it's really, really we don't good. Those other... It's really good to read on a few things, yeah. Yeah, we don't need those other, those other chuckleheads weighing us down. <laughs> There'll be no VR pro talk this Yeah. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't want it. We don't need it. Don't take kindly to VR around these parts. Yeah, no. <laughs> Why don't you go back where you came from? Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, when you go that, that far into the south, it's going to happen. That's true. <laughs> Anyways... So let's uh, let's dive right into the news. Um, we got uh, oh, we got a a big old information dump from the uh, from the the ever ever insightful um, Jason Scryer, who published a interesting report, much like the way he did with uh, with his Anthem uh, breakdown, his uh, his infamous article, how Anthem went wrong. Um, he uh, he had an, a, a, an excellent new article about. Uh, about cyberpunk that revealed a lot of uh really you know i would say damning things about the the development of, of that game i think the most notable of of which is that the development on this like what like 10 year old game didn't start to like five years ago <laughs> yeah that was that was a bit of a bombshell uh, they weren't very transparent about that um no not at all <laughs> the- Basically, to take it back to the article, like um, when they when they announced the game, they had a small team working on it, or like not they weren't fully committed to it. They were still working on The Witcher Three Wild Hunt at that point. But once mm-hmm. that game was finished, they moved everybody over, and essentially development. Or the term was they hit the reset. Ah, sorry, the term was they hit the reset button at that point. Um, and I mean that's not they're not the first company to do that. Like this happens. And like I mentioned in the article, the Fallen Fantasy seven remake and Metroid prime four have both recently. Yeah. Done that. But I was just about to mention transparent that. about that. Right. Like they've said like, Oh yeah, we square Enix said, Hey, we, we had to throw out everything that Cyberpunk 24 did. We're starting from scratch. At least it resets. Exactly. And Nintendo did the exact same, or um, not Nintendo specifically, but retro games basically said to hunt the, like, you know, that it was basically the same thing. Was that they and and not only not only that they were scrapping the entire game, but they were basically like like starting off with a whole new like studio. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I really started from scratch. So I mean, they um, but but you know, in in that instance, like transparency really is the key. I mean, like if you're gonna like throw everything out, you know, is that is that where that is that where the term throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of kind of comes in comes yeah. from. But I mean, like, sure. if, if everyone was saying like, "Oh, this game's been in development for eight years, and this is the state it's in." But you know, if you consider yeah. that they've been four years, well, that's not you know, it's still bad, but not as bad. Maybe they maybe this is the case where uh, like Nintendo and Square didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater; it was just the bathwater. Yeah, <laughs> could be. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there was also there was also um, you know, some other some other um sort of like damning things about it that uh that was I, I i guess it really does shine a light on kind of like um the levels of of mismanagement that went on at cdpr during the development of um 
of cyberpunk you know i i i i was uh i was watching um jim sterling's like breakdown of it too and something like that really that really struck me was sort of like the attitude that that the management had that basically like they they practically said verbatim that they were just like we made witcher 3 like this will all just work out like um so like they, they were kind of riding on this like this um the sense of confidence that they made you know because they made one like really like really well received blockbuster game that they could just you know make whatever next and sort of like damn the consequences yeah that's that, that came up a bit in uh, schreier's article too and it goes back to the anthem thing as well like there was a lot of recurring trends there and the fact that management thought everything would just figure it out along the way and i i think in anthem's case it was they were talking about bioware magic or something like that oh the well the yeah i mean the concept of bioware magic really um it basically just it just comes down to crunch like that's all it is it's them trying to hand wave away crunch you know that's their that's their philosophy that like you know yeah like no no matter how how a game is developed you know or like how they work on a game it all like it all comes together in those precious final moments right and really what that means is that they you know, work their developers to the point of uh, mental breakdowns and it's all worth it for the, for the art of video games. Yeah. <laughs> like, th- like this isn't Rudy. This, this isn't the sports movie. Like, it's not going to no. well come together in the last act magically. Yeah. It's a lot of, put them in. like the, the one, the one source in the articles, like I've seen families fall apart over this like situation. Like it's, Oh yeah. yeah that's, what, that's, 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 I mean, this is the, this is the, the effect that nobody seems to, to care about when it, when it comes down to it, like it's, it's, you know, it's one of the things that, that really does bother me a lot. Um, you know, when I was seeing people who were like getting so like super hyped about it and I was, and this was after they basically said that, yeah, we're going to have to crunch our, our developers in order to make this happen. And I was just like, guys, like, like your hype, like is so misplaced. Like it can't be worth it. Like, you know, what's going to happen to these people, this video game cannot be worth that. And then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. <laughs> Everything didn't come together in the last act. Yeah. No, just, just fancy that. Video games take uh of, of this size and scale take uh incredible amounts of time and effort. Well, four years and like a, a considerable chunk of that at very high stakes over time. Like they're pour, pouring a lot of man hours into it, and it's still the shape it's in. I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're going to talk because neither one of us has played it, but, um, you know. Well, I mean, you know, it's Chris, so, it's so no present. smoke without fire, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to be fair, I mean, neither one of us has played it, but I just, I've seen enough because it's so inescapable. It's everywhere. Like, I, I, I feel like I have played it at this point almost. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, you could, you could, you don't have to sit down and, and specifically play something with, with every single person on the internet is playing it for you and showing you all the bugs and and breakages. I think I know what, what it's like at this point. <laughs> you know, benefit of the doubt, you know. Uh, I could, I could save that $70. <laughs> that being said, I mean, this, you know, the other, the other piece of news that came out this week with it was uh, that there's a second class action lawsuit being filed against them on top of the original one from last month and the investigation by the Polish Oversight Board. Um, uh, and if they find any evidence of the stuff that uh, people told Trier was going on, then they're in big trouble. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, this is, I think this is what I was saying on like a previous podcast that like, 
I think C- CDPR really, really skirted by on The Witcher 3. Um, like, the, it really did kind of make them an industry darling. Um, when it really does seem like, you know, deep down, they kind of were, you know, just another shitty, like, company, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I, I know they I know they have that that sort of vibe of this, like, scrappy, like, indie company who made this, like, incredible game. But, like, those days are long past and even when even when like during the development of witcher 3 i know that there have been some uh cdpr devs who who said the same thing like like the development for witcher 3 like was pretty nightmarish um like you know this this kind of thing these kinds of things were always going on right but like people a lot of a lot of uh, you know the gamers tm are so like willing to be like forgiving to these companies because they make like a game that they that they like right so it's uh it's it's a real it's a real um i mean it's 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 a shame all around right it's a shame that this this was happening it's a shame that people had to suffer through it and it's just sort of like it's a shame that it went on for so long you know but uh these things finally come to light yeah and and, I, i mean maybe they were scrappy at the start of witcher 3 but you know that changed things for them they're not the same in the same league anymore, right? Like that, that, that elevated them to a different bracket. Now Maybe they were scrappy, game. you know, at, at like Witcher one and two. I don't know about three. I feel like three is when they kind of turned it around. Because I mean, how how do you not? If you make you make a game like that, yeah. I mean, turning turning it into a triple A studio doesn't happen overnight. But uh, no, yeah. exactly. I mean, the, you know, the, the the good thing to take away from it is this is a great case study for future generations of uh, game developers of what not to do. <laughs> well, you'd think that, but I mean, <laughs> the history... We'll, we'll see people learn, but... History has, I feel, has shown us enough times that uh, that these guys never learn. They just, they get caught, you know, and they, you know, put out their little apology statement. Which, which even in CDPR's case was such a friggin' like sham of an of an apology with that with uh, friggin' what's his name? They're just like stone fa- emotionless, standing in front of a camera, you know, reading off a teleprompter, most likely that a quote unquote apology where he like completely threw his QA testers under the bus on that one. <laughs> Well, and oh yeah, no, 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 don't blame the devs. The QA testers didn't find all the bugs you guys are talking about. They thought it was okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's kind of funny when you have the one guy doing this apology saying, you know, the console version wasn't up to our standards. And then the other guy goes on goes on Twitter and responds to Jason Schreier after denying him uh, an interview beforehand to say like, oh, we had lots of nines and tens. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Uh, Bioware did the exact same thing when Shirai, when, these, these industry, these industry people are so like, they're such snakes, right? Because this is exactly how it goes. Bioware did the exact same thing when uh, Schreier published um, uh, how Anthem went wrong, right? Like they, you know, they declined to comment, but then after he published the article, you know, they had this whole thing ready to like debunk what he was saying. And a lot of it was like, like completely like ignored the context of the article. That's disappointing. That's not the Bioware I know, but I haven't played Anthem yet. Well, so. yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't recommend it. It, it uh, I mean, it was a bad game to start and then it didn't get better. And then they completely abandoned all the extra, co- all the content they were supposed to put into that half finished game. 
Ah, oh, great. <laughs> that's not what I expected. If, I mean, if you like flying around, that's pretty much the only thing people like about it <laughs> is flying around. Flight simulator, yeah. That's that's it. It's literally it. Everyone's like, you get to fly around like Iron Man. It's like, oh, well, that's, I'm, I'm glad that that's enough for you. It's, it's the same thing with Iron Man VR, I guess. I, well, I assume. <laughs> uh, is it? I don't know. I heard that game was... I heard the game is like interesting, but it's not as good as you think. I mean, if you want to fly around like Iron Man, there's the Iron Man game. I would assume it would be more fitting, but anyways. The one, which one? The one on 360? Uh, no, the VR one. Isn't that? Uh, I don't know. Oh well, because I mean, there was a, there was a tie-in movie game when the first Iron Man came out. Oh, I never played that one actually. Yeah. Oh my god, you want to talk bad tie-in games? Did you ever play the the first Transformers, the movie? Oh game? god, no, I couldn't. That was oh a bad god. time for tie-ins. That was when everything went really oh sad. Oh my god. Oh my god, Chris. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't I can't get over how bad that that the, the I should have known it was bad when the actual name of the game was called Transformers the movie the game with no irony. Like, like zero irony and it's just so like the cutscene i mean if you can find the cutscenes online like you gotta watch them man it, it, they are the they are the stuff of of nightmares that was the first game that was the only i think it was the, that would no, that was the first game that i learned back in the old days when blockbuster video was around that you could actually take something back to blockbuster if you thought it was really bad. Like they actually had, I didn't, I didn't know that that was a thing that like they actually had a quality policy where like, if you rented something, it's like within like the first like hour or two of having it, if you, if you like thought it was so bad and it didn't meet your like quality standards that you could like return it. So I took it back literally. Cause I used to be a real shit with, uh, with blockbuster stuff. I'll be honest. Like if I, if ever I rented like a really bad game, um, the blockbuster near my house was built into this like old plaza that was like like you know like a brick building. So I would take the game and I would scratch the shit out of it on the brick. Oof. And then I'd be like, "Ah, oh, this game is broken. Can I have a new?" One? Oh my god! <laughs> That's next level caring right there. Oh my god. But, oh, I don't. Oh, I was. I used to be so bad when it came to that stuff. Um, but like this was the first time that I ever I, I rented the game and I I went back like an hour after renting it because it was just like right down the street from where I live so I was just just like walking distance so I went down I went back and I was just like uh, I'm like yo you just saw me I was here like an hour ago I'm like this thing is so fucking bad I'm like you have no idea how bad it is can I please like return it and rent something else. And they were like, yeah, we have a policy. Like, if you don't think it's like, if it's not like up to like quality standards, you can return it. And I think that was, I think that was the weekend I might've rented. Um, I want, I want to say Jack two. And I finally played Jack two for the first time. Cause I kind of had a, I had a PlayStation or a two around like at the same time I had an Xbox 360. Mm. So it was kind of like going through like a bunch of like PlayStation two backlog. Jack too, and yeah, oh, Jack and Daxter too. Okay, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds oh. like a trade up. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good little uh, little segue story we had to get off of uh, <laughs> to go to <laughs> Cyberpunk. This little uh, twenty ten of... life hack, yeah. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, you know, twenty ten. This was way. It was like that was like the early two thousands. Oh, early two thousands. Like, what was the first Transformer movie? That was like two thousand six. I want to say 2006, 2007, maybe. 
I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of them. I remember seeing it in the theater, but I wasn't. To... You know, I mean, I wish I wish they were better. Like, because um, I remember, yeah, like I remember when I saw it in the theater, the like the very first one. And yeah, 22, 2007 was the first one. Jesus. Um, yeah, I went and saw the first one in the theater and like I, I tricked myself into thinking it was really good. It was the same thing I did with Spider-Man 3 when I saw it in the theater. And I like tricked myself into thinking it was really good. Although, I mean, there was one really cool theater moment that I had where like, you know, that I've had a couple of these in my lifetime where like it was the, the part near the end where Optimus is fighting. Um, uh, oh, what was his stupid name? There was the guy who who turned into like the the like the dump truck. Oh God, I don't know. I can't keep track of them. I, I'm not a I can't. I know. There's, there's so many. Um, and he like like I, like when he and he like he like you know he busts out the sword and he like fights him and he like 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 as soon as he like killed him with the sword, like everyone in the theater started like applauding. It was kind of a cool moment. Um, but yeah, no, those movies are all trash. <laughs> I was just thinking the whole time through, going like I should be able to tell who's hitting who, but I can't. All I had to see is metal grinding on metal. No, I mean, the, I mean, the transformer, like the or the transforming like effects were pretty cool for the time. Um, like just the, the way they like intricately like animated every little like shifting part. I always thought that was really cool. But I also, but, I also do think there is a lot to be said for like old school transformers, where like it's like simplicity and you know like less is more in terms of animation. See, I was all about the Beast Wars. That was the only Transformers I ever watched. So I mean, they kind oh, of Beast Wars going was so there. cool. <laughs> Golden and that was made by like, reboot and Beast Wars on yeah. TV. That was that was that was all Canadian studio. That was uh, Deca, I think, was the one really? that did that. Hmm. I think so. Reboot, reboot. I I know it was Canadian, but uh, or I yeah. thought it was Canadian. No, no, it is. Don't at me, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm almost a hundred percent certain it is. Um, See, I I ninety percent sure, yeah. But anyway, so that was a it's a solid animation block. But here we go, waxing oh, the yeah. magic again. I know. I, or this this is what happens when we uh, when we get together. I will say I I I have all of reboot on DVD, and I will tell you straight up, it it one hundred percent holds up. In fact, it's I think it's better now, like watching it as an adult. Like I can't believe how good it was. It was so ahead of its time. Every so often, something reminds me of it, and I go, "That that was a really good show for its time." But uh, oh man, you have rose colored glasses and all that. But I'm glad it actually holds up. No, dude. Yeah, no. I, I I watched it again. Like, um, I want to say maybe like like four or five years ago. I picked the whole thing up on DVD, and yeah, like I just sat down and watched it all. Like in I think the span of like a week, and I was because gen- I thought it was I thought it was gonna be something like that where I was gonna be like you know this is this is probably not gonna be as good as I remember it because you know because I was a kid. This is really old. Like yeah, this is like early like nineties animation. You know. Yeah, like, like games uh, were still on floppy drives at that point. How relevant can it still be? But yeah, that's what I mean, right? Like, and so much of it is like, yeah, like old computer, like, <laughs> like joke and like stuff. Like, but uh, no, like it really. Actually, sorry, not early nineties. It's like late nineties, ninety four, ninety four to twenty uh, two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, that long. Wow. Um, but no, like it's even even in the early seasons, it still looks like pretty good for its time. Like, it's shocking. I, I was all about when uh, when uh, Enzo that was the kid's name, right? Enzo. Yep. Gets stuck in the game and then comes back all like. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, that's what he loses. He's in the Mortal Kombat game, and he's like he's like dressed up like Scorpion, yeah, and he loses the game, and he loses his eye, and yeah, and then he gets he's like an adult in the next season. Definitely changed the way I played yeah. video games for a little while. 
after that happened. That, but you know what? The, the logic of that never made sense to me. Because, okay. Yeah. So, okay. okay so, so, so they're playing against the user, right? So mm. the user has to be the person playing the game on the outside. But like, so first of all, imagine how frustrating it would be if you were playing a game and like the AI in the game was like actively working against you in a way that like was like basically not fair. Um, but then also it's like, the the whole the whole concept was that if the user won the game, like the system would start to crash. So it's like imagine putting a game into your imagine playing loading up Doom in your computer, and every time you beat a level, your like computer broke a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it didn't make any sense. And knowing how much computers cost back at that time, too, like yeah. oh, this is great. This game's awesome. I beat it, and my computer's gone. I just wasted three thousand dollars. Maybe that's the joke. Windows ninety seven couldn't handle anything. <laughs> that's it. It's all it's all sad. Windows ninety five. Yeah, that's that's got to be it. Oh man, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> Definitely changed the way I play games for a little bit though, because I was like, there, there's little people inside my computer that I'm torturing by playing Doom. Yeah, I, it's hard because I, at the same time that I really liked um, reboot, I also really liked Tron. And Tron had a kind of a different uh, had kind of a different logic of like how the games worked, right? Mm. Everything's programs were just like everything was just a little person, and it was their it was their their Thunderdome in there. <laughs> well, you have to have some originality to you. You got to you know expand the philosophy. Actually, actually, you want to you want to you want to talk uh, one one more little uh, weird bit of like Canadian nostalgia animation um so i was playing around on my on my new uh my new samsung tv my smart tv and there's like um there's a there's like an a a built-in app for like it's like a streaming service kind of thing Mm. but like it's like just like comes free with the thing it's called tubi i think i've seen that on my samsung yeah and so i was just like i was just like you know what i wonder what's on here and i started looking through and you want to know that bump in the night is on it really yeah and like I I like I my jaw dropped like I was like oh my god the, like why is this here all things, <laughs> and yeah. I gotta tell you it is such an acid trip like I had I couldn't I like, I used to love that show when I was a kid for any of you young listeners who don't know Bump in the Night was this weird claymation you know Canadian studio uh and like show about like this like these like the monster that lives under the bed and there's like there's a lot of voices like jim cummings is the voice of bump mr bumpy oh, like um what uh, uh what's the guy i i i, I just immediately uh, the guy who does the voice of yakko yakko oh, warner Rob, Rob he's squishy his his little best friend the water guy who lives in the toilet <laughs> And it's just it's so nineties to hearing you say that. It's just <laughs> describing it. It's just like I sat down and watched one episode, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like if drugs were involved right now, like I would <laughs> be loving this. Um, Jim, but yeah, like awesome run a lot of stuff, but to do a little niche Canadian thing too. Well, that's... I didn't even realize because I remember like back in the day, like I just I didn't uh, like you know you don't register like how you know how uh, prevalent these like voice actors are, but yeah, like I was just like, "Oh my god." Um, yeah, no, it was uh, it's it's a trip, man. If you could, if you could sit, if you want to load up some Tubi and watch it, I would recommend it, man. <laughs> it Pixels is. And it's, it's actually, Tubi. 
there's actually some cool stuff on Tubi. I couldn't believe it. Like the, like Monster Rancher is on there. Like the the like the '90s Monster Rancher is on there. Mm. The freaking Weird Al show is on there. Oh well, wow, that's a like. The the like the 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 what was it like the the 80s version of Ghost in the Shell is on there. A lot of cool anime on there too. I could the the second season of One Punch Man is on there for some reason. It's not even on Netflix. Is it really? Yeah. What is Tubi? Oh my god. What is this? It's one thing to have the weird old stuff, but to have current stuff that Netflix doesn't even have. I mean, Netflix no, is like a lot of anime as it is, but. I was I was blown away. I was like, "Holy Jesus!" <laughs> but does it have well, Ghost Rider? Ghost no. Rider, the PBS like not a well, not was, Marvel Ghost Rider, but like the Ghost W R I T E R. I was really I was really hoping because I when I saw when I saw like Monster Rancher, uh, dude, Fighting Foodons is on Tubi. Oh my god, Fighting Foodons is on Tubi. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard I didn't hear about that one as a kid. But... You, you know what Fighting Foodons? No. Oh my god! It was on. It was on the Fox Box back in the day. It was this oh, see, stupid why. anime where the, these chefs make food, and then the food they like they use like a like a like a Yu Gi Oh card to like make the food come to life, and then they fight each other. <laughs> we grew up in a ridiculous time. <laughs> oh my god! So I was really hoping that I would see like like the cool like kind of like like mid nineties anime. I was really hoping Vision of Escaflone would be on there, but it's not. See, I, I didn't like, watch that anime six. until like 2000-ish, so... I oh, dude, Vision of Escaflone and Dragon Ball Z were like like peak YTV anime viewing. Dragon Ball Z, I, I knew mostly from kids' backpacks at school. I just <laughs> recognized it, but never... Oh, no, that was... Kid. That was the that was the thing like like when you were a kid if you missed an episode of Dragon Ball Z we'd wake up at like three in the morning when they would like do the reruns and like watch it and we'd have to like sneak downstairs and try not to get in trouble for being up and watching TV but oh yeah just tune in and watch uh and and, and make sure you don't miss twenty minutes of Goku charging because you want to be the kid on the playground who didn't see it dude you know what you don't you don't twenty minutes of charging I don't care man during that Namek saga when you were a kid and that was all brand new. And then they they would reach the end of like the ep like the, like they would write themselves to the end of the ep like there's like the the episode arc or not even the arc like just like they would run out of episodes they would just rerun the whole thing from the beginning you'd have to wait till they, like they like got back to Namek and they had they had like five more episodes. <laughs> this is what kills me now is that uh, everything on streaming services like I yeah, have sat through the entire nine seasons of My Little Pony with my daughter. And I just like think of the whole time like this would have taken forever as a kid to see every single episode. You you never yeah. would have seen every single one. They would have kept re yeah they would have kept rerunning it every time they ran out of episodes. And just not it's like, like they got to the end of yeah it, it, yeah commercials too like it's and it, it it's a, it's like they don't, it's not even like they got to the end of the arc. It's not like okay like Goku beat Frieza and now we're done. It's just like like halfway through the fight like Goku like before Goku even went like Super Saiyan. They would just like they had like run out of episodes. They would just like rerun it and start running it again. <laughs> oh, or they were just—I like, guess they just didn't have the dubbed versions. Because I mean, I'm pretty sure in Japan they were like already on the Cell Saga by the time, like, by the time at the time we were getting it. That, that was a, a lawless Wild West back then. Uh, 90s television, YTV. Oh man, I miss it. <laughs> Everything's such instant gratification now. Yeah, with like with streaming, you just get a whole season of TV. Back in my and, then, and then like <laughs> and then Disney Plus comes around and it's just like they put out like here's three episodes of The Mandalorian and you get a new one every Friday. I'm just like, how dare you? <laughs> every you gonna make me wait till Friday? Uh you're one of those, huh? 
Nah, I don't care. I just, I mean, I don't have Disney Plus, so I just wait uh, <laughs> till it's done, and I totally don't stream it for or download it for free. Wink, wink. Uh, see, I'm I'm up at six a.m. every Friday when the Mandalorian's out, watching it before I get spoiled because you know you can't survive on the internet. <laughs> you know that is true. Before. That is a hundred percent true because I totally know the ending of the Mandalorian now because some jack off posted it on Twitter and I saw it by accident. Yeah, that was a. It's it's rough out there in that particular space. Uh, <laughs> that they managed to keep like Baby Yoda, like as a as a secret until the very day it aired, is a miracle mm-hmm. in itself. That that did that that somehow didn't get out. Yeah, because I mean something like that is so it's and it, it's so it became so like crazy marketable. Um, it is weird. You know, it's funny. I was I was trying to use the bump in the night thing as a segment as a segue to. Um, to another news story because speaking of sort of like nightmarish acid trip design um <laughs> we have uh the retirement of takaya imamura from nintendo he you may know him as the designer the art director and the designer for uh several games including uh f-zero star fox uh the legend of zelda majora's mask specifically um, he designed uh, Fox. Uh, he designed the whole the whole crew, right? Yeah, basically everyone who was in. Uh, he, he did everything that wasn't polygon based uh, in the original Star Fox. So that would be the whole crew and everything. Just the game yeah. overall atmosphere. And then yeah, F Zero too, like Captain Falcon, and I guess I, I guess I guess all the characters really. Captain Falcon and the gang. <laughs> <laughs> the whole game. Like, I'm, I'm a big Nintendo fan, but I can't name you know what? in that cast. I'm sorry. I'll be honest. Yeah, and it's it's and, and that's that's the funny thing is I love I love I love F Zero. Um, but yeah, like there are like I think like like something like twenty something racers in that game, or at least F Zero GX on the cube. Um, I never played F Zero X on the N sixty four. I did. I, I liked uh, I liked F Zero on the the SNES, but I think I just I did fundamentally get it. Like because at, at the time, like one of the like the, the the only other racing game I'd ever really played was Mario Kart, and Mario Kart has like a vastly different set of rules than F Zero. Yeah, so I think F Zero is opposite ends of the spectrum for sure. Yeah, and I think that like that's it. Just it makes F Zero feel a lot harder than um, Mario Kart. Yeah, I, I, I can see but, that. Um, Mario, Mario Kart's definitely well, it's kids' wheels, really, like literally. But uh... yeah, but even if the original F Zero only had like. Three car or three like yeah like cars you could use like one of them being the Blue Falcon, um, the other one I think was was Samurai Goro's cart. He's one of the characters I know because he's he's actually kind of got a cool design. I do like him. Um, the one character I do know that they, there's a weird crossover in GX where they actually put um G, like a human version of James McCloud in that game. Really. And his his cart like basically looks like an R wing, and it's called the Little Fox. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I've heard that on something before. Yeah, that's a little yeah. Trick. Oh, the, uh, there's, but, but I think that that just that you know that just uh, that comes from the um, you know the the design of the two like you know the the two games having the same like designer, right? Because yeah, like even in uh, in Star Fox Command on the DS, there's like a that game had like twelve different endings. And one of them is like Fox and Falco basically disbanding Star Fox and like converting their their R wings into like cars and joining um was it the the G Zero like racing series? 
Oh, that's good. That's good. So yeah, it was just like the letter that comes after F. Uh, so yeah, like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Majora's Mask, um, in particular, I think, uh, really, like you, this that's where I think you really see like the benefit of like a designer like Imamura, like just just because like out of all the Zeldas, I think Majora's Mask is the most visually distinctive. Um, it definitely has the the most amount of I, I want to say personality and um, and uh, like not and not just in the game itself too. I mean like I, I mean oh, I mean well okay I'm gonna reverse that. What I mean to say is like you know when you look at when you look at the the manual book for that game like the artwork is like so like just you know different from like what was what came before it in um like ocarina of time like i used to spend so much time with those manuals because i used to love the artwork in both of them um and they're similar in a lot of in in some ways like you know the basic design um just i think just because like you know they were they were it was a sequel to you know uh, ocarina of time mm-hmm. but like when you kind of look at like you know the more like subtle details like the coloring is so much like darker and kind of like creepier the line work is way different like it's so interesting um and Majora's Mask as a game itself, even on the N64, like really does benefit from a lot of that, like just I think like like conceptual design, right? Like it's such an eerie game. Yeah, it's it's it. I I would agree. It's definitely one of the more distinctive ones visually. Like I'd say maybe like Wind Waker is a bit more distinct because it's a totally different style. But that difference from like from Ocarina to Majora like is so huge. I mean it's it's the same but it's different right like it's in that same engine but it Mm -hmm. has it has this entirely different vibe which again suits that nature of that whole game it's a very different zelda game in itself um yeah i was actually surprised to see that you know he's a very vehicle like he he did a lot of games that were vehicle based for nintendo like after this he went on to steel diver and uh star like was one of his last credits but he designed some of the most like iconic characters in like in in the nintendo roster outside of like mario right yeah I mean, like the like the the moon from Majora's Mask, uh, fierce deity link. Yeah, sorry, fierce deity link. Tingle, you know, Tingle is like yeah, as Tingle. he is. Like that's a very distinctive. <laughs> it's a very unique and, and you know what? And and that's what I mean. Like when you when I think about it, because like, like you know, like in in my head, I can picture two different versions of Tingle. Right? There's like you know the the polygonal Tingle from the game, and even like the Tingle from like Wind Waker which is kind of like silly and almost like cute in a way. But when you like, when you look at the, um, the version of Tingle from like the manual book of Majora's Mask, like <laughs> he is like genuinely has that same, like very like eerie vibe as everyone else. Like, yeah, that was, that was actually going to start to me uh, as a difference. Cause I, I, I didn't play Majora's Mask on N64. Like I didn't have it in N64. So I, I came to mm-hmm. it late. Um, I think I played it for the first time on the 3DS and uh, I was familiar with the cutesy Tingle. And then in comes Majora's Mask Tingle, and he looks like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I mean. So it's like, it is, it's so, like, it's so different. I'm, like, yeah, I'm just looking at a picture of it now. Yeah, like, yeah, just like the, sh- the shading that he did is just so, like, it's just, <laughs> it's, you know, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, yeah, I- I'll agree with you that, um, that uh, Wind Waker, probably out of all the Zeldas, uh is it ha- has such a distinct look um but i think like that like that's the thing like it's just it, I, I think like visually um wind waker is very distinct but i think like in terms of like concept 
visual design, um, like atmosphere. That's where Majora's Mask really like stands out the most. Like there is no other Zelda that feels like Majora's Mask does. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's it's apples and oranges comparing the two, right? Like they're both trying to do different things and <laughs> like polar opposites really like yeah. trying to be a very bright optimistic type of game whereas Majora's Mask and, and, is a and, vibe. and that's the thing right like I think like in terms of like you know the, Wind Waker was very smart at the time to like you know look the way it did because it, I think it, it utilized the hardware the most of the uh, you know of, of the GameCube and it had an art style that to this day like it has not aged poorly like I mean the the, the HD version of wind waker is probably the best way to experience it but if you went back and played wind waker on the cube like it still looks really good yeah like the the cell shaded uh sorry the cell shaded graphics give it like a kind of a timeless look really like it's a big ass oh, absolutely and you know and it borrowed a lot of like very like miyazaki-esque like um you know visual like animation designs like the little swirly like puffs of smoke and stuff mm-hmm even like a lot of the character design too. It's it's very Miyazaki esque, and I love it. Honestly, no, it's my number two. Majora's Mask is, in my opinion, is the best Zelda ever made. Wind Waker is a, is a strong number two. I'm not, I I can't really argue that because uh, I have a bad track record with Zelda. I'll get like halfway through each one and then taper off with like I I've beaten very few Zelda games. It's like the- oh really? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I I had I had Link's Awakening on Game Boy as a kid, and I got stuck at the second dungeon. Never finished it, but I like explored as much of the island as was physically possible up to that point. Um, like I would often just go into it and just like haunt rupees for for hours on end. Yeah, I, Max. Like, uh, and I don't know. I, I have a bad track record. I've, I've finished very few. Like I finished uh, Phantom Hourglass actually, it's like we talked about recently. And uh, what was the one on 3ds? Link Between Worlds was it? Yeah. Yeah, so the, I've, I've finished two of the handheld ones, but that's that's it. Majora's Mask, I like. I I I love the atmosphere of it, but I get a real like sense of anxiety with the time management stuff in it. Um, I can see why you like why you think it's like the best game, and I won't argue that at all. But for me, like, I I haven't finished it because I'm just like I'm so obsessed with like using every inch of time as best. Well, I can. there you go, Chris. I'm gonna let you in a little secret. That was the point. I know, I know, but it's like it just it shuts a, everyone, me down. <laughs> everyone complained about it. I'll never forget the 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 avalanche of complaints and the and all the stupid people who were like, "This game sucks. You gotta you gotta clock and you can only save by resetting the clock. It doesn't make it stupid." It's just like, no, that's the point. <laughs> I don't say you it's I don't say it's cheap, but I just say I I, I I get shut down by that like obsession. So no, no, that's what I mean. Like, uh, sorry, I wasn't wasn't trying to insinuate no, that you no, were no, saying no, that. No. But back back in the day, everyone said that, and it used to make me so mad because I even like back then I used to I thought like I genuinely thought Majora's Mask was better than Ocarina of Time, but everyone at that time was just like, no, it's stupid, it's the worst. <laughs> so this is where it all started for you, isn't it? Uh. I mean, a little bit, because then it, it bothered me. It bothered me again afterwards when Wind Waker came out, and everyone was just like, "What the frick is this, <laughs> Baby Zelda?" Because you know they because Nintendo put out that little tech demo for the GameCube, the graphic demo of Link fighting Ganon with a sword, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this is what Zelda's gonna be like." 
and then it wasn't, and then they all got mad about it, and now everyone regards, you know, Wind Waker as one of the best Zeldas. Oh, and then, and then, then comes along Skyward Sword, and it's not Baby Zelda, and they still hated that too, so I mean... Well, Skyward Sword is the worst Zelda ever made, so they're right to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it is Baby Zelda. It's worse. It's like it's like fetal Zelda. It's worse than Baby Zelda. It's the, the whole it's game is the whole game is literally point your sword at a thing and then walk towards the thing. Yeah, the motion controls were not kind to it, but I didn't. I like everything. I, I played oh. a bad Zelda myself, but well, I did. It was called Skyward Sword. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, well, at least I, can, I will say I, I have I have at least I beat Skyward Sword to completion. I've I that's one thing I can I can hold uh, that badge of honor. I have played every Zelda to completion. Actually, I remember I remember when when Twilight Princess came out and I was playing it because my buddy had a Wii at the time and I didn't, so I was just like you know every like like weekend I was like going to his, his house and like playing Zelda. Um, and then I finally got my, my own Wii and, uh, you know, and, uh, I had preemptively bought a copy of Twilight Princess and Rayman Raving Rabbids before I even had a Wii to play them on. So when I finally got my Wii, I, I sat down the day I got it. I'm not joking for like 16 straight hours. And I just played from the beginning of Twilight Princess to like where I was, which I think was, at the, was the snow peak, uh, temp- temple, which is like, I think like one of like the second last temple. Oh, wow. So like yeah like I I I just plowed through it in a day. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no man. Well, uh, speaking of crazy, we've got uh, we got oh my god yeah no we didn't talk about this yet. Um, I mean it's not what is there to talk about. So Razor put out a stupid mask for like COVID. Well, they've designed it. I'm not sure how. how, how <laughs> they designed it's it. Yeah, be. it's right. That's right. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, I didn't mean to preemptively uh, release the product. But yeah, they <laughs> they designed a mask. It's got like cooling fans and a voice modulator, or some dumb stuff. It is just a concept on their website at this point, but uh... it's got a it's got a port for your uh, for your Mountain Dew gamer fuel, so you don't have to stop gaming, <laughs> even in the even when you're you know in a public crowded area. But what if it was Monster? Would that be better for you? Yes. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, yeah, because I, I love me a good monster. But at the same time, it's like, if you're going to buy a Razer product, you got to have your Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel. <laughs> Just pump it directly. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a slot for Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel, and it has a slot for your Doritos. Now, see, that's coming later with the foam dome attachment. Is that? A, are you jerking me right now, or I'm, is that I'm, a real I'm, thing? I'm joking. But... <laughs> Can't you see Monster doing that, though, coming out with their own custom foam dome? I would love that, to be honest. <laughs> just, I don't think kids today know what a foam dome is, to be honest. Just a picture of a deceased uh, liver on on top of the on top of the foam dome to show you what you're in for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, it's, this, is, it's, this is kind of an interesting idea in theory. This uh, they call it Project Hazel. It's uh, the reusable mask. It's like a, it's a good mm-hmm. idea in theory in certain regards, but. It was, it was it was one that's of those things we were, like we were talking about it as, as as it was being revealed in a press conference, and it was like, oh, that's that's bad. Well, that's good. Well, that's bad. <laughs> it's like the, like the monkey paw moment on The Simpsons. Like, doesn't it also have um, LED lights and stuff oh, you too? Know like it has up? RGB. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I was joking about that. Like, oh, the, the, where's the RGB in it? Oh, it's there. It's 
I mean, it, it makes me bad that I kind of want it too. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's a good idea in theory, like a because you know I've got like a bunch of reusable cloth masks, and you know every so often you get you get like a package of like disposable masks and stuff like that. But like, it would be nice to have, you know, something that you can use a little more permanently and it's a little more durable. So I'm gonna, right. I think I'm going to correct you on that. I don't think it's a good idea in theory. It's a bad idea in theory, but it's still like I want it. <laughs> well, like it comes with like a UV cleaning case. Like that's kind of neat. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's oh, doesn't it also use like UV like light to like like disinfect shit? Yeah. So there is a case it comes with. Um, let's see here. Wireless charging case with UV sterilizer with a dual purpose fast charger that sterilizes at the same time. This front mask is always ready to go glows from red to green for easy reference when checking battery level it's crazy to me that you see this is the thing also um that like as much as i think this is stupid i'm not even looking at like any like product design like concepts right now like i i I can tell you have the page open because you Mm -hmm. just read it but like it's nuts how much i remember about (laughs) this it makes an impression that's what i mean it's like i haven't stopped thinking about it for a week well, actually, we, we did mention it because uh, last week, I think, briefly, uh, we're talking about the, the. This is where the Bane voices came in last week because yeah, it, it, it has true. it has the voice amp technology built in mic and amplifier combo. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, and that is actually that is actually a cool concept because especially like now, just like you know, working a full time job uh, in a factory and like you have masks, like so it's like you have masks, you have earplugs. There's machines running around you all the time, so it's like it's already like super hard to hear anyone or like understand what they're saying with the masks on. So this idea that you would have like a voice clarification module built into your mask uh, is actually like not a bad idea. It's just the RGB ruins it entirely. I, I can't take yeah, it Yeah, CMYK, it. man, come on. I, I, I just can't take it seriously with those things on there. And I mean... I mean, I kind of love that idea. I'm, I'm not even lying. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first things i did when i got my my alien wear was like i like like customized my keyboard so i had this like rainbow array of lights i'm just gonna send you a picture and i was like this is the future <laughs> <laughs> oh, when, when alien wear came out originally that was like that was mind-blowing rgb that stuff now and now that was kind of a joke almost in some, some i mean my boring microsoft surface with this plain white light display <laughs> No, I just kidding. dropped a uh, picture in the Slack there because um, it, it does this dumb looking thing with your mouth in the pictures. Like it makes you look like you're wearing like a, like it almost looks like there's a, like a printed image of a face on this woman's face. Like when she's wearing, can mask. you like load JPEGs into it? Like, what is that? <laughs> so can, like, can you literally put Bane's like mask in there? Like, can you put immortal, immortal like, Joe's mask on there? Does it just do that? Like thing that like cool, like future thing where like, it's like, it's like it like wipes the display so you can see like what like Samus's mask. It just like it goes from like a glowing visor to like this like clear like image, or like a pixelated ma- uh, pixelated mouth uh, to match your own. That'd be kind of. I mean, that's still kind of cool. <laughs> I know I'm, sh- I'm shitting on this thing, but I I do I genuinely want it. <laughs> I am genuinely oscillating between I hate this and I want this, like it, and also hating that I, I think, want it. I think this is I mean. It's got to be a couple things in my room at the very least that I like. I hate it, but I had it. Like I had to have it. Um, nah, that's not true. Everything in my room, I love. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's 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 more of a concept at this point. I, I'll I'll be interested to see if it actually goes to market. But uh... okay, well, well, I guess we'll get to see how much time we have left in this pandemic. Um, it's it's seeming like it's going to go on for a while. 
probably more time than anyone wants it to be. But. So, who knows? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of, I guess, moving on to... I don't know. I was, gonna, I was trying to segue, but it wasn't going to work. Uh, <laughs> moving on to uh, something a little bit, well, uh, a little bit lighter. Uh, yeah, we did... Uh, we got a... Um, just a short little uh, a little trailer, gameplay trailer. Not, eh, no, it wasn't even really gameplay of yeah, uh, Pokemon Snap. It, it was very processed gameplay. Now, number one, I hate the name. I'm coming out and saying it. New Pokemon Snap is the worst thing you could have called this thing. You couldn't have just called it Pokemon Snap Two. Like, <laughs> it's uh... this is the friggin'. This is the friggin' new 3DS all over again. I was gonna say, did we learn nothing from the Wii U and new Super well, Mario okay, Bros. Like, U? Okay, the Wii U at the very least, like, as bad of a name that it kind of is, you can could kind of see conceptually where they're going with it, right? Like, the Wii was this idea of, like, you know, people, like, gaming together... You know, it's it was specifically designed or like it was, you know, with with two eyes instead of uh, an, an E because, you know, the two eyes are supposed to look like people standing beside each other, you know, and it's like a together a togetherness machine. Um, and then the Wii U is kind of like, well, it's like this is like your basic Wii, but there's also more of a focus on you, you know, the gamer um, and the U is like the gamepad or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it kind of, you know, so you can kind of see what they're going, but like the new 3DS. So you go to the store and it's like, hi, can I get a new 3DS? And the guy just hands you like a regular 3DS. No, I wanted a new 3DS. A new, well, this new. is a new 3DS. <laughs> no, can I get a new, new 3DS? It's like, oh, it's so stupid. New Pokemon Snap. Can I get I the get new Pokemon new, Snap? New 3DS XL double double hold the pickles. <laughs> Half calf. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I, it bothers me so much. Why? Just, if they do this, if they, if they put out another Nintendo Switch and they call it the new Nintendo Switch, I would be so mad. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a different, that's a different rumor mill. Oh God. Um, but you know what? I mean, I, I, you know, all, all things aside, it, it looks, it looks fine. It looks like Pokemon Snap. Um, looks like a really good engine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, 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 I, I'm kind of glad they didn't show too much of the actual gameplay too, because like part of it is like seeing what's going to pop up organically. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I can't imagine there's going to be all that much more to it, right? Like the the, the original Pokemon Snap was pretty uh, was pretty like confined in the things you could do, right? I, maybe you know, maybe they'll give you a couple different like things to throw out. You, they they clearly still have the apples you can throw out to lure Pokemon. Um, whether they have like different types of like balls you can throw. Uh, I can't remember what was it called, like a dust ball or something that would just like do different things, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like Pokemon Snap was 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 a real phenomenon, and I know it's it's it doesn't seem like the kind of game that would like be as like um, big as it was or like as intricate as it was, but it really was. Like half the like, the game is almost kind of like as much as it's sort of like a photography simulator, like. There was a little. There was a bit of a puzzle element too, right? Like knowing, like, like what to throw and when to, like, you know, to bring out different Pokemon and like get them to react. Like, there was a little bit of a deductive element to it, which was kind of neat. Um, so especially now with how many, and, and that was just like the original 150, and I don't even think all 150 Pokemon were even in. Pokemon no, Snap. it was like 63 out of 151 at the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean, right? So just like, you know, so like with how many Pokemon there are now and I, like with a, with a, with a stronger engine, like an, and a more, and like more like competent technology behind it, like who knows how many Pokemon that can actually fit in this thing. Um, I was sad to not see if they like are confirming Labo support for this. I saw that argument brought up. Yeah. I mean, if Labo is not being used for this, why make Labo at all? And they, they specifically made a camera model, like, module. Like, so it's just like, it's just like, this is a slam dunk, guys. Like, come on. This is the killer app that Lava was waiting for. So if it's not supported, I, I don't know. I feel like it will, honestly. I think that, I feel like they might just do the thing. Either either they'll, they'll do a second run of, like, the camera, like, VR Labo stuff. Um or they'll do like what they did with like Breath of the Wild and uh, and like Smash Bros, where they'll they'll add the, the like the VR element in later. Well, ho- hopefully they don't do it like Smash Bros because uh, I've heard that's oh, like that was, it's so pointless. It's bad. Like uh, yeah, that that doesn't even, that was what I heard. That's just really really bad. Like why even? It's like, like it's like imagine imagine um like you know like if you know like when you do like replays in Smash mm-hmm. and you have like very limited control of the camera. Imagine that, but but VR also. Like you have such, it's just like you're in VR, but you have like like almost no control of the camera. So yeah, just it's it's, it's the same replay with a piece of cardboard strapped to your face. It, yeah, it makes no sense. At least, like at least like at least Breath of the Wild, they kind of tried to do it in VR, but even that, I hated it. Like that was the that was the first time in VR that I ever got motion sick. I mean, uh, I I kind of gave Nintendo the benefit of the doubt on Labo when I heard it wasn't very good. I I didn't buy into it. But uh, I mean, like Nintendo has a has a history of you know trying something, and not quite succeeding, and then coming back to it and hitting it out of the park. I mean, like the Virtual Boy was an absolute disaster, but then they came out with the 3DS. You know, the, yeah. the, the Wii U tried the whole like TV portable situation, and then the Switch came out and like actually realized what they were trying to do. Well, so, you know what I. I mean, I'll defend Labo, and I think I think you particularly because you got you got young kids. Like, you could probably get something out of out of Labo more than I did because, like, you know, when I was like I was putting it together, you know, when I was doing it for review, um, and I was just like I could see like all I could like as much as it was like an interesting product. Yeah, like the biggest thing for me was just like I was like, man, if I had like a kid who was like yeah, like kind of like old enough that like. Um, like you know, I think I think I think the age recommendation is like six to ten or something. Like they would get such a kick out of this. Like there's such a, a such an awesome like a uh, like creative element to it. There's such an awesome like sort of like like um like connective element where you're sort of like bonding and you're like building a thing together. Like the engineering of it, like how the things work, is super interesting. Like there's a, there's a lot to learn from it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like as like a as like a you know as a you know quote unquote product, it is kind of half baked. Um, and I the mean, VR thing too, like, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, maybe they're not announcing the Labo support because it wasn't very successful. I mean, like it might bring the game down if they come out and say like, oh yeah, Labo supported. Like, like, I don't think it'll bring it down. I, like, that's, that's what I mean. I think they'll, they'll, they, if anything, they'll just wait, they'll, they'll, they'll release it. And then like later down the line, they'll just like update it. So it's like, oh, VR support. Like, and even if they don't make it so that you can use it with the camera specifically, like you can just, you can plug it to the, the VR like headset. I still have mine just in my closet. I'm just keeping it around. Cause you know, as, as much as I crap on it, like I, you know, I do, I do still think VR is interesting. Like I like playing around with it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's that's why it kind of upsets me that they like they didn't do anything like particularly interesting with the VR element of the Labo because like you could see where there's like you know room for for you know cool like experimentation like i think the, the mario odyssey one was the only one i didn't hate like because they actually made little like little levels that actually kind of worked with the vr okay so um, I'm, I'm not just slapping you know the vr thing into what already existed no 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 they actually made like there's like you, there's like three different levels you can play through where it's just like it's like little like 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 um they're not the, they're, they're not the full like level themselves they're just they're sort of like little restricted sections of the level I can't remember. I, I, the Seaside Kingdom was one of them. I think the Luncheon Kingdom was one of them. And that one's my favorite. Um, and there was one more. I can't remember. It might be the uh, might have been the the, the, the the dinosaur one, the first kingdom you go to. Um, and yeah, there's just like some neat, it's just like little like neat little like puzzles you can like complete. I think there's, there's only like five like stars to be gained from the level or moons to be gained from the level. And um, it changes perspective from time to time. So like, yeah, like, you know, you might be on the top of a mountain and you can actually like, like perceive the distance and it, it is kind of cool like that. But um, yeah, no, they, aside from that, they really didn't do anything interesting with the VR, which is a shame. I mean, this is like a perfect opportunity to use it, not just for the photography thing, but like, it'd be really cool to just go into it and just watch stuff happen. I mean, yeah. like, I, I was watching this trailer going like, this would just be fun to just like relax and watch this go by. Like, the problem with the, really with the lab... Go ahead. But the big problem with the Labo is too is that like it doesn't have like an actual headset, so you have to just hold the thing up to your face at all times, oh, which is a, where it does get annoying. That's an oversight. That's what I mean. So like if you were just trying to watch stuff too, eventually your arms are going to start getting tired. <laughs> yeah, that that defeats the purpose of the other relaxation. Yeah, that's. That's I guess unless you're playing on a on a on a desk and you have your arms like rested on it on a virtual boy stand. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Gotta build it. <laughs> um. But, uh, but speaking of Nintendo, we also have uh, just a small little thing. This is more just, I guess, just for for us, uh, you know, Animal Crossing nerds. Um, so, yeah, we, we're coming to the end of January and Nintendo back in uh, December, or was it, a, it was, well, not December, it was more the end of uh, November. Yeah. Where they, uh, they announced the, um, the, was it the December, the, the December update. And at the end of that update, we also saw that there was going to be a January update. Um the I think the the one thing that we know for sure because uh he was kind of in the like update announcement the little the little PNG there was uh the I guess the inclusion of Pavel and uh what would be um uh, uh, uh what, what was what was his holiday Carnival or something yeah Carnival that's right um so I'm sure that's that's coming around the corner um but I guess uh, I guess this is the time for speculation in uh, as uh what they're going to uh what they're going to possibly add with this there's speculation so Chris, there's speculation and there's what do you want to see because what i want is something i don't think they're going to do yet <laughs> are you gonna, you're gonna say brewster aren't you i am gonna say brewster <laughs> i i don't know i feel like i feel like brewster is coming he has to there's so many people asking for it i know nintendo pays attention to this stuff yeah, like I'll, I'll clarify. I, like it'll happen, I'm sure, but I don't think it's happening now because that, that's going to be like, that's going to be the stinger of this update. I think is like, oh, our next update, and then Brewster's face. You think? That's my guess. That's the after credits sting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope so. I was thinking about this the other day, um, and like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like, I, I'm right there with you. My my biggest hope is that. Um, 
Brewster finds his way into that into this uh, into this game because honestly, like I, you know, Brewster he may be one of my favorite Animal Crossing characters. Like he's just he's so chill. I've always loved him. I've always loved just going to the roost and just hanging out. Um, like the ambiance in there, the music is is so like relaxing. And then even the little the little mini game that they threw in in uh, in New Leaf, where you can like work for him, and you have to kind of like remember all the the animals' like coffee preferences. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool little thing. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's a there's a lot there's a lot of cool little like little uh, there's like neat little things you can do with that. And I know I know I remember when 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 uh, New Horizons first came out, people like you know did some. Um, some like digging on it and they found like like unused uh like uh, like dialogue files that like that actually specific or mentioned uh brewster specifically Hmm. like there was like something it was something like like a character would say something like oh you know i can't i you know i'm i'm all jittery i i think i had one too many coffees at brewster's oh right yeah i remember seeing that one come around that's right so yeah, like there was a couple things like you know yeah where like um, people like did discover that. So I, I he's got he's gonna he's gonna have to show up. Um, I I kind of I kind I guess I kind of agree with you on that where like you know they would save him for a big update. But this was something I guess I was thinking about the other day where I was like because I was kind of thinking about what you said about how, like the lack of like furniture options and stuff <laughs> like that. And why um like like Nintendo hasn't added more like like different like like the different furniture sets right to to Animal Crossing um I know a lot of it really was I you know to facilitate the crafting element and like you know kind of like push you towards um you know actually doing that because that was this whole thing and I mentioned that in my review where like it bothered me that that tools would break um but at the same time, like I under I got it because obviously, like they, you know, they 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 implemented crafting into this thing, and they want you to use it. If you could make a shovel and the shovel never breaks, it's like, what's the point of crafting it? Like, yeah, I mean, like what bothered me was, was that the golden ones break. Like, what's the point of the golden? Yeah, ones that that, break, but. that also bothered me a little bit too. But again, I I get it right because again, like if you make if you can make a tool that that never breaks then, you know, what's going to, like, why make tools ever again, right? Like, you know, it, it, it eliminates the need for crafting. So, obviously, like, they made them degrade for the point of um, facilitating the crafting element. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I said it in my in my, in my my video review. I don't think I said it, or maybe I did say it in my in my written review also. Um, like, you know, unlike something like, like Breath of the Wild, where your tools break or your weapons break, you know, like the whole like vibe of animal crossing is so super chill and laid back that like if a tool breaks like making one is no issue like breath of the wild always bothered me because like it's like the two main gameplay elements are are exploring and combat and the like weapon with the whole like weapon degradation system puts you at odds with the second most important element of your game (laughs) yeah so it's just like it's so it's it's so like it's so pointless right but like um so my my whole thought sort of getting back on track was that i was kind of thinking like you know what like i part of me kind of feels like like they're gonna wait until the i want to i honestly don't want to say march because you got to think that for the one year like anniversary of animal crossing they'd probably announce like a big update with like new furniture sets and like different things like different like um 
or that or at least or they're gonna or you know they would wait until like like june where like e3 would happen and like you know as part of like a nintendo direct they would they would announce this like huge content update mm-hmm. yeah I, like that, that, that makes sense too i mean th- this one's obviously going to be the carnival update and you know it's another seasonal event that's that's all well and good I, I'm, I'm enjoying the the seasonal events minus the christmas mm-hmm. one uh being so difficult to get the actual festive things um really oh yeah okay i guess because it was all balloons but I, I told you how to farm balloons oh you, you saw my system on twitter i i had i had i had a i, I, I had a system in place by the end but i mean it's, those walls actually work yes they do so it just blocks the the, the balloon from moving you'll, you'll you'll watch the balloon just go down the length of the fence until it gets to like a break and then it'll keep moving oh yeah. it's, it's very it's very uh it's a very interesting little hack there but anyways yeah um yeah, like the, the, the seasonal event updates are all well and good. It's it, that's fun new content. Uh, no, no qualms with that. But I'd like something more substantial to come along with them too, right? Like the last few updates have been kind of more like a, a, just, just seasonal things. Like we had the Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Halloween ones added by that. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready for something more substantial, like the diving update or like the like the artwork update. Um, I I I like yeah. buildings for my town. Like I I'm, I've been saving space in, in my town to put buildings on like the main strip, and I haven't got anything for them yet. So, yeah, I, I also I kind of agree with that. Um, because like yeah, like I kind of did something similar at least on my first island where I I sort of tried to replicate like New Leafs, uh, like main like main street kind of thing, and I set up I set space aside for like yeah like this like this one like long stretch of of shopping district, um. And yeah, it, it is a bit of a bummer uh, that uh, that more of these characters didn't show up. Like, like yeah, like you know, it would have been nice to see like Reese and Cyrus show. Uh, you know, ex- except for that, well, you know, the wedding update, which was you know, it was, it was a fun little mini game. I did kind of enjoy it. Um, so surprisingly, yeah, I didn't think I would, but it was pretty good. And like, but like you know, for them to show up and actually have like different like things that you could do like for customization, like you, maybe they offered like specific customization things that you couldn't do yourself you know what or that, like, that, um, that's a great point because why are they not in this game when diy is such a focus that was reese's whole thing <laughs> it's custom yeah i know i i kind of wondered the exact same thing myself um <laughs> but uh you know even like even kicks like i kind of hate the fact that kicks has just a little stand that he shows because like every he, he never has anything good like his selection is always so limited um yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like, weird to me that like the one one NPC just gives more things that could be sold at the store, anyways. Like that could easily fit into the Able Sisters shop, and it's it's yeah. a whole, whole vendor slot. And actually, so someone pointed one of the villagers pointed out last week when he came to my town, they're like, "Oh, Kix is here. I don't really use feet, so or like I don't really use shoes, but it's kind of neat that he yeah. comes here. Like <laughs> it's a really good yeah, point. Yeah. No one else wears shoes. I I am an animal. I do not wear shoes. I don't care for these things, but it's good for you, one human on the island. Or like even like yeah, like Gracie Grace, right? Like where the hell is she? There, there. If, oh. if you look at the list of all of all the NPCs, there's a lot that are quote unquote missing from this game. It's kind of unfortunate. But yeah, uh, I you know, I, I I kind of feel like like Cap'n will show up at some point. Like they'll probably do something like like what what, what they did with Rover. Well, they'll have like a like a little like you know one day like event where you can go and like meet them and get an item from them, because um, Cap and the Turtle like again like it's a sort of the same th- or not sorry not Cap and the Turtle what am I thinking I'm thinking that stupid uh, Ego Raptor song um, <laughs> where they they completely get it wrong uh, in a Tortimer well Tor yeah Tortimer because uh, I'm thinking I was thinking of the Book of Nook the Star Bomb song 
and they there's the, the one of the lyrics is Kappa and the turtle is going to be your new guide and he's not a turtle he's a kappa <laughs> it's a very different thing freaking idiots <laughs> <laughs> i love how even in, even in their music they don't like they still don't know things about video games um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, like, so yeah, turtle, like, or turtle, Tortimer <laughs> will, will show up at some point. Um, but yeah, like, they'll, even like what I was saying with, with, uh, with, with the captain, right? Like, you know, his whole thing was, 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 you know, ferrying you to these islands. So like the fact that you can just do that now and, and that, that whole, that whole, like, I, that whole thing is like, is sort of handled by, um, by the Dodo brothers there, like. You know, it does. It kind of doesn't make sense for him to be there. So it's just like, where are you gonna, where are you gonna put him, right? Like, there's gonna be something they can find for him. But I just, I, 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 I can't help but feel like there's got because again, I was, I was like, you know, wondering the exact same thing. Uh, you know, on on on, a, on an earlier podcast that we were talking, where I was just like, whatever happened to that like big Mario update that was supposed to happen as part of the uh. 35th anniversary right we we're supposed to get a bunch of mario items for oh, right Cross. yeah that's right too they did say that i forgot about that one they still haven't shown up yet like so i don't know how slowly they're rolling out this this anniversary stuff but i i was i i, I if i if they have if they're gonna do a content update which i imagine they have they're they, like they have that in the worst i can't i can't see them not having that just because like yeah like you said right like compared to earlier animal crossings like this this game is kind of light on like furniture options like, there's a lot of stuff in here not to say that there isn't so it's furniture um, set specifically like there's a smaller list yeah exactly there's, there's some of the ones i forget from new new leaf i think like the modern set there was like a black and white set that i always got i love the modern set yeah the modern set was great there was uh the the wooden modern stuff there was like um I think it was like, yeah, it was, it was like there was it, either it was cute it was called it was called cute or it was called um like uh like heart or something or love or something like it was all like red and like like had like hearts on it and stuff mm-hmm. um there was like just like yeah just like the blue set or whatever like it was all like but i i guess that's that's where the customization sort of fills the gap because it all just sort of looked like wooden furniture but it was just all blue even like the green stuff but the green stuff kind of looked different um yeah there was like rustic stuff like yeah i mean in terms of like actual sets I was I've, I've, I've had an idea here. You're mentioning Cyril and like the and Cyril Cyrus Cyrus um, Cyrus and Reese recycle. Right, get it? Oh, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's my pie in the sky like dream uh, speculation here. At like at at the first anniversary because they they should do something big for it. They should that this, there should be some big content thing for that. What if they got a, like a booth on the island or something and like gave you advanced DIY recipes or something for, like more intricate furniture? Like, because most stuff you can make is either like seasonal or it's pretty basic, for the most part. Yeah. Um. Like so, like what if they add DIY recipes for you know those missing sets? I would love that. Um. I, that that that's one thing I really do think has has been missing from uh from this game. Um, is just the ability to get like more DIYs, like because that you know the 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 whole like bottle thing is is all right, but and even like the balloon thing, but like it's just like it's so it's really is so dependent on luck, right? So if you're trying to like find these specific DIYs, and even I know you know in the beginning of Animal Crossing's whole um, lifespan, uh, like people were going crazy for those Ironwood DIYs. Yeah, that was the hot thing. So just 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 the ability to to get them would be you know would be cool. 
Yeah, there was even just functionality. You know, it it bothers me that that every like little like container thing kind of like um acts as like clothing. Like yeah. as, a, as a clothing changer. It's like you go to your garbage can or whatever and like Here, here's my wardrobe. Yeah. Your you open your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Should they get changed? This is where I keep my clothes. So they stay nice and cool. <laughs> more more crops would be nice too. I mean we 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 have, we have pumpkins. Let's uh let's do some more stuff with that. Yeah, I don't mind that. Like like more stuff to grow would be great. Like just I'm 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 ready for more yeah. more to do. Like really, I mean it's it's a I, I still yeah. Have, like I'm I'm on a hot streak with it again. Like I've been rearranging things in my town. But uh, well, my island, yeah, I went nuts. Well, I didn't go nuts, but I did. Uh, I've been I've been doing some stuff. I try not to because I I know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get, I'm gonna fall down the 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 terraforming hole again and and ruin my island. But it's just like every time I hop on like Instagram or Twitter and I see all these people with these like incredibly beautifully laid out islands that just look so like intricate they have like diagonal bridges and these like really like well like crafted rivers and stuff and i'm just like why does it mine look like that <laughs> yeah that's, that's a dangerous game i was i was selling turnips yesterday in someone's town off reddit and uh their their entrance way was just like beautiful i was like oh i should try doing this no no i'm not doing that that's too much of a rabbit oh. I I just I just made the, I made like a friend uh, at, on Christmas when I was just like playing on on Christmas Eve and I opened up my gate and I was just like hey come like hang out with me it's Christmas right like um and yeah we went, I went back to to her island and Jesus Christ it was so nice like I was I was genuinely floored and then I look at my island and I'm just like oh my god like but I but you know I have to I have to I have to talk myself off that ledge from time to time because you know I I. I genuinely do like the way my island looks. I just, I sometimes I feel like, like I see these other ones. I'm just like, oh my God, like they're so beautiful. I wish I could make mine look like that. But there's, there's a simplistic charm to my island that, uh, that I think suits me and my, like my, my art styles. Yeah. We, for lack of a better world. we can't all be Instagram influencers, you know? Oh God, I wish I could. I really wish I could. I see that. I see their islands. And I'm just like, my God. Because like I, I I know I'm bad at designs, so that's just out the window for me. So I mean that's I gotta come to your island sometime. You gotta open it up, open up the gate. Should I come visit? I've, I've got my well, I it's the dream address thing now, which is kind of nice having that. You can play with people's pop up. Yeah, I mean, we're friends on Switch now. I could just come to your island. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm just saying like in general, like it's it's nice having that now because like I I have one friend who lives in Europe, so like we're never on at the same time. So he just sent me his dream uh code and i was like i hopped on whenever i was on it's kind of nice having that option so yeah but that's just see that's just to see an island that was a cool that was a cool update too that they brought luna back yeah i mean it was like, weird like, it, oh god oh it was weird that they like like had to update the way that the dream suite like used to work like originally it was just like oh you can just like you know you have to have their person's address and then you can go to their island and then like a later update was like oh by the way you can also just go to random islands like you used to be able to yeah that was kind of a strange distinction i like i kind of shot that to being like a covid delay or something you think that's that seems to me like something that should have been rolled out originally and like maybe they just couldn't get it out in time so they just put the dream thing out and then pin that on i i I can, I can, I can see that, but part of me feels like they, they, like they, they were sort of anticipating the idea that like, you know, like, cause when the switch came out or sorry, when the, when the 3DS was out, like, I feel like social media was a thing, but it wasn't nearly as like big a thing, nor was it as integrated into like life 
um or like even gaming for that matter as like now it is so like i think they were they were banking more on the idea where it's just like oh you know we did this thing with the switch where you can like share things on twitter so it's probably just you know people don't need like to visit random islands when it's so easy to just like share your dream address and be like here like come visit yeah and we, we all know nintendo is behind the curve when it comes to the online functionality period oh my god i know i mean just trying to get on that person's island yesterday on reddit like <laughs> There's a fantastic website that like cues you up and everything like that, but just to actually physically get on the island once you have the Dodo code and everything like that is just a nightmare. Oh yeah, it's in my experience. Um, actually, you know what? I I, I I can't say in my experience that it's been that bad. Um, realistically, it's just like because you know it's just I I think it was it more it was more a case of like just just managing all that stuff, right? Because yeah, when you put your code on on Reddit and you have uh, like you know hundreds of people dming you and trying to get into queue to be like you know to get to your island and sell your turnips like it, it does become just just a just a herculean task of management and i uh, i, I kind of got away from it too for a while but like i'm, I'm starting to burn through my uh through my savings because i i have multiple characters on my island that i'm funding so i, I kind of oh, had really? to start doing the turnip thing yeah like i, I my whole family is on there now but uh, uh so I'm, I'm basically funding everyone else's houses with my own turnip sales just my, just my girlfriend is on my island and like i've i've pretty much got her house uh the only thing i haven't i haven't paid for was is the basement like i just i upgraded it to uh to the second floor just so she like i could like customize the out the exterior of the house right so she's got this cute little like island or uh this cute little like rustic looking house in a little like forest that i made for her um you know because that's that's her thing she, she you know she's very like you know naturalist she, uh, and I made her a little garden and stuff too. Awesome. Uh, and uh, and I still have four million in the bank. So, I think I was there at I one know. point, but yeah, I I, I, and, and I mean, I, I almost want to say that like the majority, the the bulk of those millions just came from like uh, like fishing and bug catching at like the start of the pandemic when I had like all day to play Animal Crossing, and. Uh, especially like during the march seasons like when like you know some of the butterflies you can get like so you sell for like like three four thousand a piece so if you just go in with like a full like thing of like emperor butterflies you can you can clean up like a, 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 a at least a good like uh like 30 40 000, if not more i was, in, I, was I was in a good habit of actually saving all that stuff up until cj and uh flick or flick came by the island and uh, then i would just like empty my storage out and <laughs> off a load. Yeah. Me. I've only, I've only been to the tarantula Island like twice, I think. Oh, the tarantulas. <laughs> yeah. They're little bastards. <laughs> Why would you add combat to animal crossing? I don't understand. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it came out at the same time as doom. So they had to like, had to be somewhat hard, you know, I guess. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They had to show that they had the chops. <laughs> doom didn't do um, the same. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, so we, we still have, uh, just a little bit of time left. Um, let's talk a little Final Fantasy VII Remake, finally. Okay. Okay. So I've been playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some stuff that bothers me and we talked about it a little bit off podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I won't, I won't get, I won't get super deep into it. Um, just like small things like, you know, the way Sephiroth keeps showing up and that bothers me. Uh, or the way that there's sunlight 
underneath the plate, which doesn't make any sense to me. Because like I, I thought that that I thought the whole point was that it was built like under the ground and like no light shined in, and that's what like thematically made the living under the plate so like depressing. Your 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 slums under the plate, you know, where uh, on top is all like luxury and stuff. Aren't as aren't as bad when there's a beautiful sun like scape behind you and it's all like cheery and nice. Yeah, I mean under the under the ground, if it or if it, if it happened under the ground itself, that would have been one thing. But it is just kind of on you know the ground level. Well, that's that's what I mean. I thought because that wasn't that the whole point of how like why like how they escaped uh, Midgar in the original was that they had to get onto the surface and use the highway to leave. Yeah, because but, uh, there was no way to like, escape from underneath. Like, if you just walk out of the out outside, like, <laughs> well, because the, the the plate is suspended above the ground. Like, if you come back later on in Final Fantasy VII, like the original version, you can just literally walk in off off the world map. If you have, to yeah, exactly. But I mean, but like thematically, the whole way they had to escape, like that, that's the now we're just arguing like video game logic, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, like, oh. You, that's the world. That's the world map icon. But like, I think wasn't it like thematically the whole way they had to escape was by like using the highway and getting out like from the top because you couldn't get out from the bottom. I like you I, were I, literally I was trapped. The only way out at that point, like, it wasn't the like the only way. Period. It was just where they were. I thought. But I could have swore like that was like 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 I said like thematically like that was the point. Like people who were like living in the slums under the plate were like literally trapped. It's a difference in interpretation, I guess. But anyways. Well, it's stupid and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Worst game ever. Uh, uh, I, I had a bit of a laugh when I was doing the like the early like little like side quests you can do when you're running around with uh, with uh, with Tifa, and you had to chase the stupid cats, oh, and right. like clouds clouds like uh, like his like outward dialogue like perfectly matched like what I was feeling at the time. Cause every time you come up to a cat and it just runs away, he's just like, this sucks. <laughs> just like, Oh my, I'm like, you took the words right out of my mouth. Cloud. Wedges <laughs> <laughs> kitties. It's fine. Just, just it's, no, they were wedges kitties. They were the stupid little girls kitties. Oh, right. That was, okay. Yeah. To. I was, I was thinking later on, uh, wedges more interactions with the cats later on, but, um, but no, no, I, you know, I do. I, uh, I, I, I'm enjoying it just because again, like, you know, I think, um, I like the idea that they're uh, like they're sort of like building this this uh, or they're creating this like connection between like all the you know the people and stuff. So like obviously like you know when the plate falls, it's going to be much more meaningful mm-hmm. than like you know the fact that like I mean it sucked. It was it was pretty harsh the first time around, right? Because it was just like oh my god, Shinra is like really evil. They didn't need to double down on blowing up the reactor in this <laughs> one. They just they proved it by dropping a whole plate onto onto a bunch of people. Um, but uh, I had to laugh because um, I, you know, I, I, I was watching uh, like when I was watching uh, Jim Sterling kind of like talk about it, and he was making the joke that everyone in that game is incredibly horny, and I was like, this can't be true. It but it's just like no, like that dude really wants to screw his bike. Like he loves his bike. <laughs> well, okay, well that guy's just Roche is a different story altogether. That's oh no, Ro- Roche was awesome. Like that was that part. That whole part was so awesome. <laughs> that fight was great, but I was like, what the hell does? Oh that my god. <laughs> And I, I couldn't help but laugh too because I just it was so ridiculous because I was just like this guy shows okay like it's like so these like these eco terrorists show up to this place to a, this Shinra factory to steal explosives a bunch of Shinra guards show up and they have them all quartered and all of a sudden this you know this soldier shows up and he's like 
I want to fight you. What a what? And then they just let Biggs and Wedge just go. No, no, <laughs> no. Like, let them fight. Let them fight. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, these guys are fine. Let them go. This is the fight that bad. And they're, they're just standing around watching you fight Roach. Hey, like, hey man, Poochie showed up. You got to listen to Poochie. <laughs> is that who it is? It's Poochie? Uh, no, I'm just joking because he's to- totally extreme and in your face. <laughs> oh, oh, is that, oh, that, yeah, that is true. Brand um, new he's just, now. And, and oh my god, and for yeah, and and Jesse, oh my god, like she, uh, like she is so hot for Cloud, it's ridiculous. Yeah, there, it, it was there in subtext in the original game. It is not subtext. Anymore. Yeah, but no, yeah, no, now it's just text. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> it's, it's very over. That's uh, that whole sequence before that action sequence though with Roche, like where you when you go to her parents' place and in up, up on the plate. I thought that was one like one of the great things about this t- version of the story is that you're seeing that it's sucked no. on the plate too. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. Like, yeah, like, um, and, and even, even just like, um, well, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's that whole idea of like the, you know, the, the, the harsh realities of, of this capitalist society, right? Like it does, it does, it doesn't just mean, I mean, I think, I think it was, I think it worked, um, in the original, like as, as a way of sort of like, you know, help, I guess like kind of helping to like bring out that, um, you know, environmentalist message that they were trying to go for, uh, or not a message, but like the themes they were going for, where it's just like, you know, all the people on the top live in luxury and they do that because they're killing the planet. But like the people on the bottom, like have to suffer for it. Like, um, but no, like, yeah, you're, you're definitely right. It does add kind of a nice la- extra layer to it. And even just like the way, like, you know, like I was saying before, like of exploring a little bit more with these characters. So like, yeah, like, you know, because I mean, like in, in the original, like when, 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 when the plate dropped, like I was like, i was like holy shit like that's a moment mm-hmm. um you know because yeah like you know the the the, the characters were like they, you know they were fun but you didn't really like you didn't really get super attached to them at any point right like now it's like yeah like you're really they're really doing a great job of actually like you know bringing you into these guys worlds and like and uh and 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 getting you to connect with them so yeah like when that whole part happens because like, you know you obviously it's going to happen um it is going to be a lot more meaningful this time around um th- although i i i will say that like um because I, I guess we were kind of talking about it a little bit before too that like i th- i i i kind of i'm, I'm having a, a conflicting time with the combat um just because i it, it, it kind of feels like t- at least to me like at sometimes it's like it's at odds with itself like um and i i it's something i did kind of notice during the roche fight right because you have this like really like you know this really great like like greatly set up one-on-one fight Mm -hmm. in a in a game that like kind of wants to be like an action like brawler kind of game like hack-em-up game but it's also still playing by like rpg logic in a lot of ways and so like this is where i kind of feel like like it it should it kind of like should have decided on one thing like I, i i appreciate that like even you know for advancing the combat and and changing it um and not just like okay you know we we remade final fantasy 7 why are we just going to remake turn-based combat even though i think i still would have liked to see turn-based combat in it um like the but like you know it just like it, in moments like that you know where you're you're fighting a character one-on-one and it still just sort of feels like a mindless like you know you're just pressing buttons and like a lot of the stuff is still 
sort of happening in by like rpg logic so it's just like you know that a character could be in like like those stupid little um those stupid little like speed soldiers that you fight where like there's like moments where they're you know in like a dodge animation or a dodge phase and even though your sword is like clearly connecting with them <laughs> it just says like miss yeah it's just like no it didn't <laughs> i mean there's 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 still a disconnect that's there i mean you can't get away from that entirely i think at this point but, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, if it if it had just committed to like a like a Devil May Cry kind of like combat, you know, they could have had RPG elements, but still had like more like action focused combat that I think would have worked better, and especially in moments like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 in a tough spot there, right? We're like we're going to remake a game like this that's both beloved and old at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to, to simply do a one on one translation into modern graphics would be jarring. And you, you lose a lot of people, but if you go, you know, fully, fully, um, like active time battle or not fully active time battle. Oh my God. If, if you go fully active, like real time, uh, action, then you're going to lose the old fans. Right. So, I mean, I, I thought it was a good compromise putting both in there because, you know, later on too, like when you're fighting weaker enemies and you're, you know, you're more leveled up, then it's kind of like, okay, I, I don't need to waste my energy on these small guys. I'll just chop these guys up and save the charge my ATB up, and then I'll use those charges on their boss type of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, there, 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 there was a point later on uh, where everything really kind of clicked for me. I, I, like, I, I enjoyed it hmm. all the way through. Like, I, I thought it was a great idea from when they first sort of showed it off at E3 the year before. Uh, like, when they, when they first revealed the gameplay engine, I was like, okay, yes, this is exactly what I would like to see with this i'm, I'm sold 100 and I, I i dug it right away when i started playing the game but like later on um I, there's a there's a, there's a few stints where you're hopping around different parties uh so you, you kind of get forced to use each of the four characters um and i was like it, 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 it there was a point later on where i was just like i clicked with everybody now like a t- i have tifa's thing down barrett's was kind of weird to me for a while but he clicked suddenly. Aerith, Aerith too, uh, was the same way. Like I didn't like her at first, but then I was making those really tactical decisions of who to use at what time. You was hopping from party member to party member, and all felt really natural and authentic to the characters. And mm-hmm. yeah, that, you know what I will say that like yeah, like you know I I between between all the characters like. I, I do like that they all ge- like genuinely feel different. Like I like a person I am like I love using Tifa. Um, she's so like interesting to use. Um. I haven't, yeah, but I haven't gotten that far yet. So wait, do you not get Red Thirteen? He is not playable. Oh, that sucks. They, they they figure that he comes in so late in this game that to add him in as a fully realized playable character would just kind of be wasting his potential, or would be too um, would be too late in the game to, yeah, introduce, I guess that to introduce somebody entirely new. Like when you're literally in the last dungeon. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was thinking about that the other, uh, also when I like while I was playing, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, how come I haven't seen anyone show off like gameplay of of Red Thirteen? If this game ends where like when they get out of Midgar, like Red Thirteen would have been part of the party. They, was, like, they, like, they find a way around it, so he kind of helps your party out later on. Uh, like like when he's with you guys, but you don't get to actually control him. No, not yet. Oh, that kind of sucks. I, he would have been he would be cool to control. Like this, you had this cool like you know especially especially jumping from like characters who are all like humanoid, and then you have this like animal that you're controlling. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the characters that are left to reveal are going to be kind of interesting to see how they get translated into the system, right? Because you've got you know quadruped Red Thirteen, you've got Vincent with his guns and a very distinctive uh, kind of ghostly style. 
you've got Yuffie the ninja, you've got uh, Sid the dragoon, like jumping around with his with his spear, and Kate Sith. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they don't have to program Kate Sith because no one's going to use them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they like when, once you get later on in the game and everyone's like got most of their techniques and has been leveled up, and you've got the higher level materia. Um, Dude. Yeah. Dude. Everybody is so polished. Right Everybody's so polished. I'm sure they're going to do a good job with Kate Seth. As weird as he's going to be, who are you trying to fool right now? You find me one person who played the original Final Fantasy and had and had Kate Sith in their party all the way to the end, and I will give you a thousand dollars. I can take you up on that. <laughs> I, it was for, me. For, for instance, the guy who wrote the strategy guide for it did. Really? Yeah, uh, I was I was kind of weird that like the the strategy guide that came or the the, the official strategy guide had uh, Yuffie and Kate Sith and all the pictures with Cloud. I don't. He's, he's just he was just trolling. So that was thousand dollars, please. Those are, the, those are the those are the two characters nobody uses, and that was the joke. Got my got my thousand dollars. Now I just need to wait for the PS Five to be available. <laughs> Thank you. Although you know, I will, I will actually say that um, I did hear a lot of people say uh, that uh, I think was it, it's like you a lot of people who ne- who didn't use Yuffie. I think because the story kind of makes you hate her. Um, uh, like, you know, the whole part where you have to go to Wu Tai is like one of the worst parts in the game. That, yeah, that um, was tough because I, I never had her, I never had her leveled up. Um, well, not only that, but that you also you also you don't use her and you don't have any materia for that whole part. And you have to go this whole like dungeon with like no materia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hated that, but I appreciate it at the same time. It's kind of a nice challenge, but yeah. I, there no, so many things that are I'm so intrigued to see what they do with the next parts, and that's one of them. Yeah. But I but I did hear, I thought I heard someone say that apparently, like, um, like Yuffie is actually, like, kind of, like, low-key. Like, if you, if you, like, if you, you like, she, uh, if you, like, level her up and, like, kind of, like, like, optimize her skills, like, she does end up being, like, one of the best characters to have on your team. Yeah, I forget the specifics uh, at the moment, but there is, yeah, she's, She's got her strengths. Everybody in that game kind of has something that makes them worth using. Even Kate Sith, although he's kind of... It's hard to argue for him because his limit breaks suck in the original game. He only has the two yeah. when the one has like... Uh, well, the one outcome of, of, of his slot limit break is that everyone can die, which could be devastating. Um, yeah. I know everyone I know used they, they their team was either was either Cloud Tifa and Vincent that was mine or their team was like I, I had a buddy whose whose team was was Cloud Vincent Kate Sith hmm. or not Kate Sith sorry um Red Thirteen I was gonna say there you found somebody right there no no, no sorry yeah I was just, for some reason I was thinking you you put you you incepted me with that Kate Sith stuff. <laughs> I um, mean my, my, yeah, mine he, was he, always Cloud uh, Sid and Vincent but in recent years I switched uh, switched Vincent out for Tifa instead. Yeah, well, I mean, Tifa, I, her, her, like, once her, you get her li- limit break all the way to the end, like, she actually ends up like being really, really useful. The, the, the that was the thing is like Vincent, Vincent's like probably like the coolest character in terms of like visual design, but yeah, like his his limit breaks are kind of like dicey, right? Because you can't control him, which again, like, you know, what I was gonna say, like, it's gonna be a really interesting this thing to see in uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, like how they build vincent because like yeah like you know are they going to do a thing where like he kind of becomes comes like a summon and once you like use his limit break and he turns into like um like his beast form uh like he just you just can't control him at that point that'd be kind of cool plus plus they've expanded his cool. character and his skill set through george's servers the one sequel so Character's i mean the... didn't they though <laughs> well <laughs> they? i mean technically they had to add more gameplay to him <laughs> that game I mean that's that that game made me so mad because I was so hyped for it when I when it came out, um, but then it was like it was one of those 
games that really upset me because it like it's like all the cool stuff that vincent can do he's like running along walls and like gunning people down and doing all this crazy like parkour stuff it only ever happens in the cutscenes. In the gameplay, he is so stiff and stilted when you play as him. I remember very little of that, and I'm a huge Final Fantasy oh, game, so, so or Final Fantasy fan. So I mean, that's a I played it right there to the end, obviously because I had to because I, you know, I was such a Final Fantasy VII like you know weeb at the time. Um, but like thinking back on it, it, it yeah, it wasn't very good. Yeah, mistakes were made, but it did it did have two uh gacked songs in it though which was kind of cool depending on who you ask yeah <laughs> i mean I, I gacked is pretty cool i like it i've heard japan's <laughs> not so fond, fond on him or genesis the character that uh he plays in the compilation but uh really i don't like oh, i guess that's i guess so i thought i heard a funny story about gacked from the game grumps where he was i think he was in uh um uh, what was it? Where, where's what? What? What place is it in the in the states where like crab is like the national like dish? Mm, I don't know. I was. I think maybe been like maybe I want to say like no Boston. I think it's clam clam chowder. Clam chowder. Right? Or yeah, I've been I've been there for that. Yeah. There was a part. I think it was like Danny was telling a story where Gact was doing a concert and he was at he was at this place where like yeah like crab was like the national like like dish. Um, uh, or like I guess like the local dish, and like during like after one of the song in like his like kind of like you know like English Japanese accent, he was just kind of just like he was like you like a crab, <laughs> me too. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just like made me laugh so hard. What a thing to say during a concert. Yeah, that's uh, that's cringy. <laughs> You like crab? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, and, and apparently, he's part of the reason why you haven't seen uh, ports of of George Cerberus or the other games that kind of touch on him, because um, of the like, the, really? the legalities using his likeness and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's probably for the best because, like I said, George Cerberus was not a good game, and it probably wouldn't have held up. <laughs> no, it probably does not. But uh, I mean, there's those there's those trademarks. They might be relevant. I don't know. But now we're going. Now we're going yeah. to the rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't know. So I mean, the cons- the consensus is uh, like as much as there are these little like little tiny things that bother me, but that just might be you know be obviously because like part of me can't help but compare it to the original. Um, and, and, and which is weird because I'm not even like I, I, honestly like as much as I do like the original Final Fantasy VII, like it's not really my favorite Final Fantasy. Like I've you know I, it used to be, but then my opinion on it has turned after playing like you know pretty much all the older final fantasies i think like with the with the exception of like eight and nine i want to say yeah i mean it's it's got it's got a complicated spot in my list too because like i i rank it up there as like number there's number two but but a lot of that's due to like the nostalgia of it like it was one of the yeah. things i discovered on the on the playstation one like fond memories of getting with my brother and like going through it and yeah and, and a lot of it is the influence that it had on the industry it's it's one of those watershed moments like ocarina of time where like it changed everything in presentation and, and gameplay so like part of me respects it a lot for that part of me has like a lot of nostalgia for it and also part of me recognizes that it is overrated in a lot of ways but it's definitely not uh yeah definitely definitely deserves it in a lot of other ways so it's, it's no i i agree yeah i agree with that too i think just like you just it's just that it's just that thing about like looking back on it now right like you know, because yeah, like I was, I would say like four, maybe maybe even six, six have like better stories. Like six, basically, like actually, like pioneered the whole active turn based thing. I think uh, seven definitely popularized it, but like yeah, active turn based was a thing in 
six first. Well, I had four too. Four, five, six used it all. Was it, was it in four? Yep. I don't remember it being in four. Four, four. It was complicated because uh, they didn't actually show the bar in in the original version of four. So like you didn't know it was well. It's possible that you didn't even know it was going on. But yeah, it, it was out of time. And then five oh, used it. And, I, yeah. Oh damn! I thought it was just. Uh, I thought it was just six that nope. started it. No, uh, one, one, two, three were were turn based. Like it was like like round based. Yeah. Um, and then four, yeah. five, four through nine used uh, active turn, active time, and then uh, at ten it started, you know, going all over the place. But thirteen kind of brought it back. Well, because well, yeah, the ten, ten kind of went back to basics, right? And it had like a, it had the sort of like the the turn order thing that you see a lot of like um, JRPGs have, and like doing certain things would like affect like like the way like characters were placed on the turn order. Ten is basically um, one, but like, like, but not like entirely team base like in in one through three you input all your commands at once and then they resolve like versus the monsters whereas in 10 is like yeah. one person at a time well 10 also did a cool thing too where like it had like positioning with enemies too like they could flank you and like do like like more damage from behind and stuff and where you like placed your characters like actually mattered yeah like uh, they yeah they, oh. they did things with that, that before too but they really stepped it up in 10 yeah like being more being more able to actively change it around and like there was certain circumstances and certain battles and you know things like that yeah 12 12 was the one that bothered me and i think that was what i was thinking about with final fantasy uh 7 remake um not to not to not to belabor the point any longer but yeah like it's just that it's just that, that weird disconnect where like you can move your character around um but like so, so it feels like you're playing like a third person action game, but then it still plays by the rules of turn based combat. So like, um, and, and you know what? Okay. So here's, here's what I was thinking. And I, and I, I kind of like lost the thought um, before, like when we got onto a different point, but I think like the thing that I think for me, kind of what I, what I maybe would have liked to see even in, in regards to um, Final Fantasy seven remake is like, if they were going to go turn based, they should have done something like like Paper Mario, where like there were like action commands that you could do to kind of like elevate the turn based a little bit mm. and make it maybe even a little bit more cinematic in that way because they're like redoing the graphics and remaking everything like from scratch. Um, or they could have done something because I was thinking about Final Fantasy twelve and it bothered me how much it bothered me like the, the whole combat system and like why like why your character can actively like you can actively control your character and move around but it doesn't matter. Um, but the one game or I guess the two games that actually did that in a way that made sense was Xenoblade and Xenoblade um, uh, X on the Wii U, right? Because like that, those, both of those games are still basically playing by turn-based rules, but you know, you have like abilities that are on cooldowns that you have to sort of like strategize how you're going to use them in this sort of like active combat way, but also where you position your character, like there are different like attacks that do more damage from the, from the back or from the side. Mm. And, you know, like attacks like that can, can stagger and topple the same way in Final Fantasy seven, which I, I don't know why that's there. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. It bothers me a little bit, but like <laughs> that's but that's what I mean. Like it's like those those were two systems where like it, it was still playing by turn based rules, but they added that active element in a way that made sense. Um, so like for I guess that's maybe what I would have liked to see more with 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 the remake. Like either either they could have gone full action and made it like Devil May Cry, and I think I still would have liked that because you know you look at a game like like Dragon's Dogma that has a kind of a combat system that's more active just because the people who worked on devil may cry also worked on that one um but it's also like firmly grounded in rpg uh like territory mm. and, it, and it works really well um 
or you know or you kind of commit to the nostalgia and be like okay this game you know this is one of the games that like like is like some people's like this is their introduction to rpgs or this is the game that's some like like when people think rpgs they think final fantasy 7 turn-based combat like we gotta have it we gotta find a way to make it more interesting yeah like that, that introduction part is is a good point too because one, one of the things that i like about um the remake is that uh it kind of ties everything from the last few years of square enix and final fantasy together you know like mm. lo- lo- looking back at final fantasy uh as a series there are certain games where they kind of just go all right let's regroup and like bring everything in so in Final Fantasy three, you, like you, they combined you know the gameplay of one with uh, the story of two and had like this one really great package. Final Fantasy five yeah. did kind of the same thing where they brought a lot of elements in and, and recombined it. Final Fantasy nine is a great example, uh, probably the best example. It might be one of the best examples of what a Final Fantasy game is in in theory because it, it takes everything from like there's something from out from all eight games in rolled into one new original package with with nine right. Um, and for, for me, seven remake did the same thing while also taking that story from seven and making it new and fresh, making it, making it its own thing. And also taking, you know, the more active combat of Final Fantasy 15, which to fight up a lot of people and kind of combining it with uh, more turn-based things like in, 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 uh, well, it would have been 13 because 13 has the stagger gauge as well. Um, but anyways, it, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's a great sandwich of everything that comes before it. And uh, that's part of what I... Yeah, I guess that, that's fair. I mean, I think, I think like, because I, I hadn't really played a Final Fantasy in, in quite a long time. Like, um, like 15, I think, like, yeah, like 7 might have been the last one that I played before 15. Like, that's how long I was out of the Final Fantasy game. Oh, wow, really? Um, I mean, I, I got the demo. I, I mean, I played... I got the... What was it? I rented... Again, going back to Blockbuster, I rented... Final Fantasy 12 or no I rented Dragon Quest uh 5 I want to say or 6 to get the demo for Final Fantasy 12 cuz I was like oh shit a new Final Fantasy and I played it and I was like what the hell is this <laughs> um so I like I completely avoided it um and yeah so then and then 15 came out and I was like yo a lot of people are talking about how like cool this game is maybe I should check it out and I did it and and yeah like part of the reason why I think I really loved it was just because it felt so like distinctly not like Final Fantasy like it kind of had this open world thing it felt more like a like a western RPG than a JRPG felt like um, a lot it, of ways. that's what I kept coming back to well yeah <laughs> I mean just the way you could like you could explore the world and, and pick up quests and stuff you know for half the game at, at least um and even just like the active combat, I was like, this this actually feels really fresh and new, and like it it feels so good. Um, and, and I think like that's that's kind of where I'm like at odds with seven because seven like it, it it's it feels it feels fresh, but at the same time it doesn't, and it's sort of this is where it's putting me at odds. Um, but I mean, I I'm 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 still really enjoying it. <laughs> I'm having a good time with it. <laughs> so I cannot say that I do not like it. Um, Aside from little, uh, little niggling things, but, um, but anyway, I think, uh, I think we've, we've, we've talked about this long enough <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're two hours, almost two hours into this podcast. So we better wrap it up. Yeah. That's, that's, that's we don't have damage today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I still, I got stuff to do today, so I, I should probably get around to doing it. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've had stuff that I've been putting off for like a week to do yeah that's that was a good time (laughs) 
So, thank you, uh, all you wonderful listeners, for sticking with us for this long. Hopefully, you know, you were listening to this on a long drive or you were stuck in a cubicle and this was helping you get through the day. Um, if you want to read about any of the things we talked about today, you can check them out at cgmagonline.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on any of the socials, you can check us out uh, across all platforms, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, which I don't think we post to anymore, but, you know, some people do. Uh Instagram, it's all CG Mag online. Uh, if you want to find me, you can check me out on Twitter at Ninja Jordan underscore. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, Ninja Reviews, you can go to www.youtube.com slash Ninja Reviews. That's right, bitches. Custom URL, finally. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, where can we find you? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Hoogathy, that's H-O-O-G-A-T-H-Y, or on Twitch at Guild2Taps, where I've been playing uh, some Final Fantasy XIV and some Mass Effect Andromeda. Hopefully, uh, and my hope this weekend is that we can find some time to uh, do some games together, because I want to get Chris on uh, on some uh, Ninja Jordan plays. Hey, let's, let's make it happen. I'm free this weekend, let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> You just let me know what uh, what time works for you. Sure thing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for listening. Uh, as always, remember to stay inside, stay safe, wear a mask, and keep listening to great podcasts by great people. <laughs>